Are you ready to launch or grow a business that increases impact and income while turning your mission into a movement? Make sure you go check out our Impact Influencer Vault at theimpactvault.com. That's theimpactvault.com. It's totally free. This is a free members area just for our Impact Influencer Nation. And you're going to find everything you need, tools, resources, training, inspiration, videos from my guest and myself to help you launch that positive, infinite impact business. So go to theimpactvault.com, theimpactvault.com after the podcast and check that out. And speaking of our podcast, let's cue the music because we've got a great episode for you today. Welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, a podcast for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions. Hey there, impact influencers. My name is Evans Putman. I'm the founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting and the host of Infinite Impact Radio, where I interview entrepreneurs about their purpose-driven businesses and their missions to contribute towards creating a positive ripple effect in the world. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to sharing your world-changing mission soon. Okay, everybody, welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, the show for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions. And today we have somebody who I'm excited to speak with, Holly Homer, who uh, we were we recently we've seen a lot of each other recently in the real world instead of just this way <laughs> in front of a computer um, we were actually on a coaching cruise together recently with a coaching group that we're in and then we were also um, at funnel hacking live the big huge event for click funnels and the, the click funnels family so it's been a it's been a whirlwind of a time but uh, it's great to see you again holly and we're we're sort of back in our little environments working again at, at trying to at least but Holly has been blogging now for 13 years. Uh, she is an author, and I also notice you're a speaker and consultant, but what you really focus on now, and correct me if I'm wrong, is teaching others how to blog and make money from their blogs and to use that to promote their purpose and their mission. Yeah, um, it, I mean, it's been life changing for me. So um, I get really, really excited about like ha helping other people do the same thing because I think there's there's a lot of people out there that you know like have you know started something, whether it be a podcast or a blog or something else that that it's really important to them, but they may not have gotten to the point of sustainability or monetization where that's actually a blessing to their life and not just sucking their soul for a very expensive hobby. <laughs> yes, I understand that 100%. And, that, and that's great. Um, all the platforms, what's, what's great about that is that you have a platform. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if, you know, I come from the world of podcasting from my former business. But the important thing is, is to have that platform. And that's something that you've seen the importance of and has helped grow your business. Um, and it's awesome that you're sharing that now. So if you don't mind, if you would just sort of take us back in time and a little bit of your origin story, how you got into blogging, was there something that just like a switch flipped or, you know, how, how you decided this is what I'm going to do? 
So um, my life is, I feel like, just a series of accidents <laughs> that <laughs> happen. And blogging is, is probably one of the most accidental things that I kind of tripped into. So uh, I had been, um, you know, I'm a physical therapist. I have a master's degree. I specialized in, in treating chronic pain for many years. But then when I had little kids, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so um, my husband, who had been through medical school and internship and residency and finally was a doctor, <laughs> he was like, it's time for you to support us. <laughs> and, um, and so I became a stay-at-home mom and I had three little boys under the age of five. And it was like, like one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like I felt super isolated. Like when you have one or two kids, like you, they're portable. Like you can put them in the car and take them places. When you get to three, <laughs> you're kind of a prisoner to your home to a certain extent. If Especially like I was really into sleep schedules because I like to sleep. And so, you know, like it was always someone's nap time when you have like kids spread out between the under, under five. So I was in one of those situations where I felt super isolated. Um, we, we lived in a big, lovely house, our kind of our dream house, but uh, it, was, it was isolated. You know, there wasn't even sidewalks in our neighborhood. Um, you know, there, I couldn't, you know, just put them in a stroller and go somewhere. You know, I had to get them in the car and that kind of stuff. So I started this emailing one of my good friends from college. She was in a kind of a similar situation. She had two little boys, um, the older age and, and we had a, like kind of that same thing going on, like that we're dealing with the same problems and isolation and issues and stuff like that. So every Saturday morning, this was back, like back when email, you know, was really the only social media. Right. <laughs> and so I, we'd just write these like super long emails and I would send, you know, whoever got to it first and then the other one would respond on, and it just happened to be sat every Saturday morning. And so this was like my lifeline to like society and like sanity and all that kind of stuff. And so one morning, one Saturday morning, and this had been going on for like a year, uh, she like the, the subject line was, um, was like, Holly, I think we should stop emailing each other. And I was like, no, like, you, no, you can't like, this. no, like whatever is inside this email, like I'm going to have to like, you know, like address. And so, and basically her first line was, I think we should start blogs because, and she's like, you kind of went on to say that she was emailing someone else too. And like, we could just put this information on the internet and people could come visit. I had never heard of a blog before. I had no idea what a blog was, but like, I was of course going to set up a blog that day because this relationship was important to me. So, right. so anyway, I just, she had told me to go to blogspot.com and set up a blog. So I, that day I went and set up what I called June Cleaver Nirvana. And, um, cause I just was like, you know, this is kind of a, like a, a twist on a traditional life that, um, that I'm living right now. And, um, I told my mom about it and, and a few other people and, um, and I really, like, within, like, three days, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is life-changing because I had been making scrapbooks, like, multiple scrapbooks for one for, like, different parts of the family and sending them across the country. And I was spending a lot of money on scrapbooking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to save me so much money because I can post the pictures and people can, can, um, can come look at them. 
So um, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then three weeks in, I got a, a comment that wasn't my mom, wasn't my friend Jody. <laughs> and it was like, and I noticed the like the name was like a different color. So um, and it was Megan. And I clicked through on this comment from this total stranger, which was like shocking to me. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she has a blog too. <laughs> and then that was back in the dark ages where like people had blog roles on their sidebar. And I like just dove in with both you know, just with everything I had, because this became my new community. And um, some of those people, in fact, Megan, I just, I, she still lives in California, still know her today. Um, you know, and the people that are on her blog roll are some of my dearest friends, even, even today, just because it was such a small community back then, we all got to know each other. Um, that was before Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all these things. Yeah, that, isn't that amazing? I mean, here's something that I thought of as you were telling that story. Because it made me, I remember Blogspot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sort of dating ourselves a little bit. But right. um, the thing that I find interesting is that now that we have, and maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, but now that we have social media everywhere, you have all these different channels, it seems like when you had less opportunity and you didn't really know these people that well randomly showing up on your blog, um, but you were connected. It was more of an authentic connection is what it feels like than what we have today. So I don't know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. And I would totally agree with that. And I think because it was like, you were kind of stuck with who was in the community. Um, I think there was so much less judgment, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like you read like I can remember um, several of the people, in fact, I'm still connected with them today. Several of the people whose blogs I, I read at that time, I absolutely did not agree with them. Like, you know, like it was like, they may have been on the complete different political spectrum or, but like you read the whole post and you, and you reacted in a civil way to that. You know what I mean? Like it was just a much different situation than today. Like if someone puts a political post up, it's like, snap judgment, you know, throw down. I mean, it's just because it gets ugly. And, and there's no, there was no like, like, Hey, I want to understand what she is saying, or I want to understand what he is saying. Um, like maybe, you know, I don't know. People just don't like to think anymore. I think, (laughs) but back then (laughs) the, the other thing that was really cool about it was, um, like I might only get like, you know, 500 people on my blog that day, but 300 of them would leave a comment because, right. and then I would go to my favorite top 20 blogs and leave comments on that. And that's, that was how we communicate. That's how I knew what Megan was up to was I read her blog, talked about it, and then she'd read mine and talk about it, you know, and, and that's, we had that conversation going on all day, but it was with a much smaller, like closer knit group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think now in the days of just being able to hit like those little tiny buttons, like, you know, oh, like, and we even find ourselves doing that with our friends instead of actually taking the, the moment to leave an actual comment, which is definitely helpful. Um, so what I, what I found really interesting, too, is that some of these people from back then you still have lasting relationships with now. Um, I lost you. Which is crazy, yeah. Which is crazy, but um, I have, you know, 
some of my closest friends, um, if, you know, somebody that texts me this morning is one of those bloggers that was in her, her, in her blog role that I yeah. met day one, you know? And so, um, like those people that say, you know, oh, those relationships on the internet are not, you know, real. I like, absolutely not. If it weren't for the internet, like, I don't know who I would be hanging out with. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The same thing with, you know, you know, our, you know, meeting you and, and, you know, through a common cause and, you know, on the internet. It's kind of yeah, awesome. definitely. I love that. So what I want to ask you this question, because it seems to me too, I don't know, I come from a writing background. Uh, I started my career in, in the online world helping as a copywriter. But as a blogger, do you feel like through writing a blog, whether it's yourself or the people that you teach how to do this, is it a way to help them really get in touch with their authentic self so that that shines through more so than maybe like somebody who just takes pictures for Instagram or does little videos for not little videos, but videos for YouTube because they are important too. Um, but do you find that as an, a way to really rise into your authentic self? I think so. Um, I, I think to a certain extent, and I would, I would also put kind of live video, you know, unedited video into this um, and probably, you know, podcasting to a certain extent too, is that um, there is, that you can't hide. I mean, like <laughs> you can, you can pretend for a while, but like, there's only so many words you can put out there without like, oops, <laughs> you know, something slipped through or, and you know, we, I, I feel so blessed to have started when I started because I mean, I was a physical therapist. Like I didn't ever take a writing class. Like, you know, like I was in the science lab when people were taking like, you know, internet, you know, anything writing related or creative related, you know, I was like literally, you know, in the lab. So uh, if I had, you know, if I didn't know any better, so I just wrote every day, like that's like, well, I've, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And and so it it was really, really interesting because I wrote every day, I actually got pretty good at writing, but I couldn't even see myself as a writer for like probably six or seven years of writing every day. And I think it was, you know, it goes back to that identity and like where, what's your, what you think you're doing. Like I was just blogging, like I was, it wasn't anything like, you know, I wasn't, you know, curing cancer or anything, but like the, what, what was so crazy about it is just doing something every day, put me in a, in an area where I became really, really good at it. And so when like the book opportunities came along and stuff like that, I could actually embrace that in a way to say, yeah, like I can actually do that. Like I can actually see a path where that can happen because I've written you know, hundreds of thousands of words in right. the last few months. So it, it's just, it, I, I'm so glad that I didn't like see what it was supposed to look like, because I think that would have scared me off and like, oh, I'm completely unprepared to do that. Like I've never done anything like that before, but because it just like happened so organically and by accident, like I was able to embrace it in a way that um, really changed my life. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you are not the only person to bring that up. And I've had other people say that because they didn't have expectations for a result on the back end, they just sort of fell face 
first into it and continued doing it. And then that result came that they weren't yes. ever expecting. It's and and this is where I think like we freak ourselves out all the time. Like, um, and I did it, I kind of patterned this success. Um, when um, I, w I had done, a f I had been asked several times, I live in the Dallas area, so I've been asked to, uh, several times to be on uh, live TV to do a segment for, you know, and at that time I was running a local site um, for moms here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So it was a natural thing for me to talk about, oh, you know, what summer camps or whatever, what, you know, something kid related. And um, I was, I've always been a little freaked out by public speaking. I've always been a little freaked out by video. And so um, the first time I did it, like it didn't go great, but it wasn't awful. The second time I did it, I froze for the first 10 seconds of like a 25 second shot. So <laughs> it was awful. And I was so angry at myself and I popped in the car and like I lived an hour from the, the, the TV station. So I was just like, you know, a mess and crying and mad and irritated that like, how come I can't do that? And I was like, why would you expect <laughs> to be good at this if you've like literally done it once? And so th that was back in the early days of Google Plus where the, where the you could just turn on a camera. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just gonna go turn on a camera basically every day until I get good at talking to people on video. And so it, so I started, I just started doing like talking about blogging because that's what I knew how to do. And um, it was funny, it was right at about um, hour 100 that like I was like, oh, I don't suck at this. Like, <laughs> right. like, I mean, I don't know that like I would watch all a hundred hours, but I don't suck at this. And, and, and I think like, there's literally when we can move forward in a way that, um, that we have no expectations that we are able to just really dig it down deep and satisfy our own need to get better at something. It's so much better than we're trying, when we're trying to learn something for someone else. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah, that that's definitely key. Just move. I can't remember who said it, but I heard somebody in the community that we're involved with say that, you know, to clarity comes with movement. I think that is so true. And like, there's, I don't know that I've ever gotten clarity outside of movement. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just, I had to learn this again recently, where, um, like, I felt like, like, one of my superpowers building a blog, building, you know, a video, whatever, is that I didn't have any options. Like I did, like, like, like if I was going to put something on the internet, I had to write it. Or if I was going to like, you know, get better at video, I was going to turn on the video and get better at it. And then I think sometimes we get into positions where, oh, now I have money to hire that. Or now I have like, and so I didn't learn it first myself. And it just failed miserably. And it, I realized that part of that reason it failed so miserably is I wasn't scrappy. Like that's a superpower. Like that's how I've gotten where I am. And so when I'm comfortable and just like directing the world, it's not going to be have the same energy than if I had thrown myself into it and, and mastered it myself. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Well, let me ask you this. So this is sort of, to speaking to 
the other entrepreneurs out there, um, whether they're bloggers, whether they're just, you know, doing anything, if they focus on YouTube, podcasts, whatever, what would you give them as a key to attracting the right people to your platform? You know, what, what would you say is the one big thing or maybe one or two that you could do implement that would attract the right people to your platform? So, um, and this is another thing that I did not realize why I was successful for a really long time. <laughs> like, because shockingly, I write kidsactivities.com, but I'm not that mom that brings the cookies to like, you know, school. <laughs> I'm not the mom, like they, I'm not the, like the Martha Stewart. I'm not like, that is like so far from where I am. And so like a lot of the frustration that I've had along kind of as my platform has grown as people are like, you know, we're like, Oh, parenting expert, Holly Homer from kids. No, <laughs> no. Like that is like the last thing you want to take you, like advice. No, like, like, and I had a, like that people are just like, well, but you have three books out. Well, yeah, but like writing books and being an expert, those are two very different things. Like, you know, like, and so, and part of what I was able to do is, especially as my kids got older, is I started running my blog like a business. And so I started hiring people who were way better at creating kids <laughs> activities than I ever was, or writing about parenting than I ever was and hiring them and having them write for the blog. And so while like it, while it looks like from the outside, like, oh, Holly has this all together. No, what Holly can do <laughs> is look at numbers behind the scenes. I'm a scientist. <laughs> so so my success on Facebook, on Pinterest, on you know Google, all these places are because I opened up the insights, the Google Analytics, the numbers behind the scenes, and literally determine what was doing better based on numbers, and then doing more of that. <laughs> and that's like literally the the secret sauce. There is is looking at that the numbers so that you're objectively looking at what's doing better and then just doing more of that and less of what's not working. And so that's how um, my Facebook page was grown. Um, it has now over 3.4 million fans. Wow. And it's not specifically because of any one thing that we did other than every day, every post, I, like, I would could tell you like what the numbers are on the posts that are today. Like that's how ingrained this has become is like, you know, looking at what the people like, they're voting with their engagement, they're voting with their eyeballs, they're voting with their click-throughs, they're voting with their comments and their shares, and then just making sure that you're providing more of that, um, and then less of what that didn't go over well. Yeah, is there, was there a point in your career doing this that sort of flipped that switch where you made that realization? Like, ooh, there's all this stuff back here that I could be looking at, that could tell me the right way to do this. So the weird thing is, is like, I, it just like, I just started looking like when, when someone first like showed me Google analytics, I'm like, what is this wizardry? <laughs> like, and I'm not even like, I'm not even one of those people that, you know, sets up the dashboards and stuff like that. Like I just go in and it, it's kind of like how I play poker. <laughs> it's like, you look at a few things and then you have, 
it kind of either confirms or, you know, or says no to what you, what your impression is. And so you go in, you look at a few things, you come out and then you react and then you, you know, then you go back and just like, you know, like it's, it, it, it's baffling to me. You know, I never understood people who are like, oh, I've never opened up. Like I've never looked at Facebook insights. You've been running a Facebook page for how many years and you've never looked. I mean, like, like Facebook's literally telling you, this is what people like and people are opening it up. And so I think it was just one of those things that I just thought everybody did it, you know? And then that's when, like, when people started asking me, like, how'd you like build these things? I'm like, I, I like literally opened up insights. You're like, and they're like flying me across the country to stand on stage to say, (laughs) <laughs> I just opened up the insights. Like I like I feel like it's like one of those things that are like um people like <laughs> this is <Right>. magic. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So um and it's funny because you know the whole simplification we overcomplicate everything when it's the answer's right there. Find, well you said it perfectly. Find what's working and do more of what's working. Yes. And if they don't like it, like, don't do more, like stop or speak it or try, like try a different thing. But yeah. Um, so I know, I feel like, I feel like a lot of this has, um, has just been just kind of funny because, because it's, it's no master plan. (laughs) It's like, it's just like a lot of tiny, tiny decisions every single day. And, um, but it goes back to that whole, like when you have momentum, when you are doing something, um, when you're, and really, I don't know anything that you can't master without getting in the trenches and working on it every single day relentlessly. And, um, and so I think that's, that's the other thing is like that persistence, that ability to see, oh yeah, today on Facebook, like total crap. But what I learned today that my people like and don't like will make tomorrow better. And that's just like what, what has kind of happened across the internet in general. <laughs> right. And that, I mean, that's true. One thing that I, I take away from what you just said too, is that we have to look at, you know, don't judge and give ourselves some grace if we have a bad Facebook live sort of think, you know, why was it bad? Was I not prepared for it? Was I thinking about something else? Was I not present in the moment? You know, I've had those times where I just like, okay, and I feel like I've got to do one today. So I push play, record or play or whatever you push live. It's live. So I push live, obviously. And I start talking and then I'm like, what in the heck was I even doing? I felt rushed. I was just throwing it out there and I wasn't giving value to my audience so I think that's a really smart way to look at it is like what I took from what you said was give yourself some grace and reflect on it and then you know chalk it up as you did it you succeeded in doing it so now do it better the next time yeah and like I look at it as like you know kind of the um there's there's no crying in a laboratory (laughs) like like everything that we're doing, if we're looking at it as looking at like, Hey, I just need some more data on this. I need some more data on this. I need some more data on this. Then nothing is really a failure because um, like, it's just more data. So like you turn on the live camera, like, because you needed more data 
and maybe you totally sucked it up, but what you learned, like, oh, my people are not really into it when I talk about this or when I'm feeling this way or I'm putting off this energy, like that literally makes the next one better. But if you had not done that live, or if you had just said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to post today, so I'm not going to post anything, that's when you start having the void. That's when like the algorithm starts winning. Um, and like the interesting thing is um, al algorithms are a blessing <laughs> because an algorithm is a bunch of numbers behind the scenes that have no feelings, that have no, <laughs> it doesn't hate you. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything and they're very predictable. So when something does well, it will do well again tomorrow and it will do well again tomorrow until the algorithm changes. And these things do not change like significantly overnight. I mean, yes, there's going to be a big update to Google, but at no point is like the user experience of what Google is trying to, um, you know, put out there through an algorithm changing overnight. So what Google might be tweaking is, ah, this user experience isn't exactly what we want. So we're going to tweak these little things over here to make that user experience better. So if you can always align yourself with the user experience on any of these platforms, you are always going to be looking at the algorithm in a way of how can I serve this user better? How can I make sure that my content is the top ranking for whatever you're doing? And so you're never like today. Yes, there's a different, I have a different um, like system for Facebook today that I maybe had two years ago when the algorithm was a little bit different, but that has turned, like it has turned so slowly in time that any one given day was not that much different than the day before. It's just, we, it's just a, just a continuous and like, you know, in another year, it's going to be somewhere else. I get that, but it's so, tiny, 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 tiny tweaks every single day is where we, we can kind of master that algorithm. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so I want to bring up something here. So I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. So <laughs> we, uh, you know, there was a, I don't remember if it was before Funnel Hacking Live or before the cruise, I actually saw a post of yours. And this goes back to a lot of what I like to teach because it's something that I'm learning still myself. And it has to do with simplifying our business, Simpli maybe even your life, your professional life, your personal life, simplifying. I, I saw a post of yours where you were talking about all the different things you had been doing and the things you had tried and they weren't really, nothing was really sticking. And you sort of simplify back to the basics and chose something which is now teaching other people how to blog and how to make money with their blog and get their purpose out there, monetize their mission, all those great things. So how did you come to that? How Was there something that happened that said like, boom, the light bulb went off that was like, I've got to simplify and do this. So um, I feel like, like I'm like the world's slowest learner. <laughs> and, and things going to be super obvious to everyone else in the world, but I have to like learn it the hard way. And so the funny thing is, is um, like when I like joined the coaching program that we're in, we were in together and um, really I was seeing on my blog kind of the writing on the wall as far as um, what I was doing is monetizing traffic, traffic from Facebook, traffic, 
and when you monetize traffic, um, I mean, you can make a lot of money at it, but you have to have a lot because traffic to a blog is measured in thousands, you know, per thousand visits. So like, you know, you might make between 10 and $20 per thousand visits, but that means that's a lot of thousands of people that you have to push through there. And so, you know, kind of what the light bulb went on was, you know, I could stabilize this income against algorithm changes. Like if Facebook wants to send me 10,000 people instead of 100,000 people one day, that should be okay. Like, you know, like people live on just 10,000 visits a day, you know, like, like that should be fine. And so it's like, I just need to figure out ways to monetize my blog so that I'm getting more per, like, what if I was getting something per person versus per thousand people? So when I came into that coaching program, I was thinking, how do I figure out what my people want? And remember, <laughs> these are people that like, they're coming to a blog for crafty ideas and all these kind of things. Like, and and so these are not necessarily, this is not me. Like I was never that person. And so, um, but I run this company because I'm good at numbers. So, um, so, but I didn't like that, that was a realization recently. That was not a realization back there. So I kept launching products and different things and affiliate products and my own products and webinars and blah, blah. I mean, like, cause I'm like a doer. <laughs> so <laughs> right. You tell me this is going to work. And like, so I'm going to do, what I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to launch it. I'm going to launch it. I'm launch. And then like, then I'm going to get sad <laughs> because nothing's working. And this is the other thing um, that like, like when you're like, people are like, well, you have 3.4 million on Facebook fans. You must be rich. Like, well, I mean, in some ways I'm very enriched by them, but in other ways, not so much. Like, because, you know, there's no algorithm on Facebook that shows something to all 3.4 million at any one given time. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. But so like there's like the expectations of others, the expectations of myself, and then the frustration that like, Lord have mercy. Like, like there's, a, these people are not going to buy anything. <laughs> and so, um, but I did through, because of trial and error, I did find a few things that stuck and a, a few things that I was able to, you know, monetize at, at a higher level, which taught me a whole lot, but it taught me, it quite honestly taught me more about how to monetize a blog than what my particular people want to buy. And so that is kind of where, like, you know, I, where this realization and that, that post came in from, I was like, when I look back <laughs> at all the things, like, like all, you know, just like the bodies that are laying across, the, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I launched that and I launched that and I launched that and that was marginal. No, that was a failure. That was like, and I started realizing, you know, none of them were like, like Holly was behind like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to launch this. Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Like, I can't wait till people buy this. And so when I started looking at what am I passionate about? Like, what would I be like, you know, y'all have to buy this today or else, you know, this is, you know, like, what would that be for me? And I realized it's, it's blogging. It's like, it's that, you know, like the life changing, like, you know, my husband retired from a really stressful job three years ago to join the blog. And that's changed our lives. 
like that's what I'm passionate about. That's and so I realized all those things I had launched were not in that space. I'd been doing consulting and I'd been doing coaching the behind the scenes when people like like knocked me down and said, I heard you did this. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I have a space for a client. But <laughs> at no point was I like, hey guys, I do this. And so right. um that's when and one of the reasons was I had like you know, beliefs that were incorrect, like, like that blogging space, there's no one really selling to that bloggers, bloggers have no money, like all those false beliefs that were um, in my head. And then I thought, you know, I reread that, um, that simple paper that's online, I don't even know why no one's actually published it anywhere, but that a 1000 true fans. Mm -hmm. And I read through that again. And I thought, is it possible that there's a if there's a thousand true fans in this niche, it's not too small. And it's like, there has to be a thousand bloggers out there that, you know, want to monetize. Like, cause I'm not like, I'm, I'm not dealing with newbies that want to learn how to blog. I'm, I'm dealing with people who are already in the midst. I've already put a lot of work into it because that's where I can make the biggest difference. And so that's when I got, I launched a challenge um, just organically you know, and what is one of their biggest pain points? Well, I said, you know, like I have 10,000 blog posts on my blog that need to be updated for SEO because of course Google has changed over time and I've gotten better at writing and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, what if I could figure out a system to have them update a blog post in less than 20 minutes for SEO? And because then I could hire and it make it so simple that I could hire it out. And so that's what I launched. It was the easiest sales page I've ever written because I knew exactly their pain points. I mean, like, like I have 10,000 blog posts myself. Like this is what, you know, and so <laughs> it was funny in about four or five days, 80 people signed up for the challenge, $37, paid me money <laughs> to basically talk about something that I would talk about for free for hours and hours and hours on end. And so that was kind of that light bulb moment for me, whereas like, what am I doing? <laughs> if, what am I doing? Why am I doing things that aren't in my zone of genius when, when things are so much simpler and less complicated right. <laughs> when you're in your zone of genius? And then what's, what's super funny is, um, is to show you how long this took me to figure out is one of my dear friends who's also in our um, coaching program. He had, had met me four years ago when I had spoken on stage at another internet marketing conference. In fact, that's how I met Russell Brunson to begin with. And he, he, cause he had read that post in our coaching um, program and he was like, Holly, um, the first time I heard you, you talked about blogging. I'm like, I know, like I'm back. It's only been four years. <laughs> like, well, I think that, I mean, it's very inspiring for people, even myself, to hear that story because I've been going through the same thing over the past few years. And it's like, uh, you know, you just get, you're like, oh, well, I need to launch this. I need to do, this seems like a good idea. Um, but I think that's great because there's a lot of big things, big lessons in all of this. One, you just kept moving forward. Yes. So that was important. Um but I think the cool thing that you mentioned was you finally listened to like your inner voice, that feeling, that inspiration, because like you said, it's something that you would talk about for free. You would just get up and just go on and on and on and get excited about it. And people, that's what you need to be doing. You know, that's. Yeah. 
in fact, like one of some of the comments in the in my five day challenge, like in fact, I need I took a screenshot of it because it, it just made me laugh somewhere. But she literally wrote, I've never seen anyone as excited about SEO as Holly Homer. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing in itself that if you can make SEO fun and exciting, then that that should be a profitable. Uh, yeah. And, and then that's the, the other thing was like, you know, I found myself like on, like I had found my people. <laughs> it was a Saturday morning. I had told them like, you know, on one of the trainings that was at 10 AM every morning, I had actually ended up doing it over the weekend. Cause I wanted to have it done before funnel hacking live. And you know, there was like five days there. And so, um, on Saturday morning, like 10 AM, there was 20 people on a live video of me just talking about SEO. And I was like, like, this is heaven. Like, like, like this is, these are my people. Like, you know, because the rest of the world would be like, what? <laughs> no, Saturday morning, not going to be doing that. And so I think that's when you know you found your people is when they're as excited about it as you are. And it's okay. Like, like when I went into this, I was like, this is a test. Like if I can get, if I could get 10 people into this challenge just to get some feedback, that would be a success. And then like, you know, 10 turned into 80 and, you know, and then I, I launched just kind of a low ticket continuity program front to just those 80. And I was like, if I could get five people in this, you know, and it turned out to be 15 and, and it's just like, like when you are doing the right thing, then like everything exceeds your expectations. When you're in the wrong space and launching the wrong thing, it is like the most painful experience. Like it, it's like the universe is t trying to tell you to stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're like, oh no, Russell Brunson says this is going to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the universe is like, stop. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, no, nope. It's, it's my funnel. <laughs> no, it's not. You have no business doing this. But, but most of us have to go through that to arrive at what we're supposed to do. Because like, like we don't know ourselves well enough. <laughs> it takes us four years to get back to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. I like that. So that, that makes me feel better 100%. So I know there's <laughs> got to be there's got to be somebody else out there. Yeah. Some, somebody else out there has to be listening. That's like, oh yes, now I feel better. <laughs> I I feel like my trials and tribulations is to make everyone else feel better about there. Because <laughs> I create most of them myself, which you know you're like, oh. ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that story though. So it's good to know that it's good to know that you found those people that are just as exciting. So that tells you that obviously there's going to be a thousand people, a thousand true fans, if not a lot more. That's what, I mean, that's what it tells me. And that's what it tells me every day. So like, you know, and this is, you know, something that Russell teaches that we just kind of gloss over a lot of times is is the you know kind of in you know doing an ask campaign well a lot of people don't tell you exactly what they want or they don't know what they want and because i had done a hundred ask campaigns but the follow-up to that is to you know get some proof by serving them for free well if i had actually followed through with that part earlier on 
I probably would have figured out a lot faster that this is not a fit. Like, like I can't coach you in whatever this area is for hours on end and be super excited about it. Whereas mm -hmm. in this space, I can like, like you, there is no question like about blogging that I don't have an opinion on, you know, or an experience or a cautionary tale or a, Hey, like I would try this first. And, and so when you get into that space, there is no hard questions. There is no, there is no, you know, like, like question mark in that coaching call or in that consulting call or in that product that you're launching, because like, if you don't know the answer, you know, you have the resources in that space to go get it or find right. someone who does and bring them in. And, and there's no shame in that. Like people, that's what people are looking for is someone who's just really excited and supportive of their journey as well, because that's not how the rest of the world is. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, you know, you post on Facebook that you started a business and, you know, you, you get like taken down. And so like the, this is where you can find your zone of genius and you can find your people that are looking for that because they're out there. It's just, you may not have figured out what it looks like for you yet. Right. Right. And then once you do that, you can serve them at a much higher level. Much for higher sure. level. Like, and it, it's so funny because um, I was doing some basically high ticket coaching in this space the last few years. Yeah. You know, and, um, and it was always fun because I would set it, like I would set, you know, a rate and then that person would, you know, and maybe it was a three month program or something that I would sell them. That person would make back that money for the whole program in the first month. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. You know, like, like let's charge more Right. <laughs> would, would make it back in that first month. And that, that's when, you know, like you're in that space that you're supposed to be is because like, and, um, Jason Fladlin says, you know, um, and this ends also Pedro Adro was another person that let, led me to this, but like you niche down until you are the obvious leader, you are the obvious leader, like, like there's not even competition. And so that's where like, I realized, oh yeah, there's a lot of people teaching people how to blog for the first time. I'm not the obvious leader of that group. But have you lived off your blog? You know, has your blog supported your family for, you know, years and years and years? Yes. Um, are, are there other people out there that are hoping that that could be the same for them? That's yeah. my goal. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Well, we're going to have to wrap up. So I want to go through real quick and just, uh, there are too many takeaways. I started running out of space down here, but... <laughs> Three that I want to share, I think there might actually be four on here, but I'm going to go with these these three. One, um, consistency is vitally important in your success. Second person that said that today, so people listen, consistency, <laughs> be consistent. Um, another one was, you know, move forward without expectation of the result. And that's amazing because as soon as you start putting expectations on your day and the result you're going to get, then you're going to beat yourself up if you don't get it. So just sort of move forward, fall forward into success. Um, and then lastly, this was one that I loved was to look at it from their lens and not yours. You know, look at it from what your people are telling you. And this came a lot from the numbers you talked about, you know, don't think you know everything. 
um, start looking at what they respond to, what's working, and then double down on it. So look through their lens and what's serving them at the highest level and then go all in. See, I threw a poker term in there for you. I paid attention. You said you played poker. <laughs> I know not. I know who not to play poker with because I do not play poker. So um, it's good to know. So, well, I appreciate it. This has been awesome, and I hope you know. I know people got a lot out of this. I know I did, and it was really great to hear how your journey just sort of wrapped up and brought you full circle back to where you were. Living in circles. That's just that's just what I'm doing. But, but that's great, though, because everything that you've learned along the way, you can sort of wrap back up into the experience you can share with the people you serve. And it's going to help yeah. them much better than if you didn't know all those things that you experienced, the failures, I, the, you know, the, the not so believe, great times. Like everything you learn and everyone you meet is for a reason. I mean, like, and, it, you know, it's super fun 10 years later to like figure out, that's why I met that person or that's why I learned that thing. Like that's why I was in a science lab instead of learning how to write, you know, all those things are, are the, you know, there's no one part that we could take out and then be at the same place in our journey. So, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. And um, this has been a pleasure and I'm sure everybody is going to love this episode and you'll probably get a few more of those thousand true fans trickle over to you. So that reminds me, I don't want to go yet until I let you tell people where they can come find you. So if you would, if you got anything you want to share, if you've got any new challenges coming out or anything, feel free to toss it out there. Well, you can find, well, if you have small kids and you're looking for crafty things, kidsactivities.com or the Quirky Mama Facebook page is kind of um, my main business. But then um, if you're a blogger looking for um, some help along the way, I have um, hollyhomer.com has a lot of my blogging stuff. And then I just started a free Facebook group called Blog BFF, and you can join that. And that's where all the dropping information about any of these upcoming challenges to see if they're a good fit for you. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll make sure I put the links in the show notes. And thank you again for coming on. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, everybody, this is Evans again. And real quick, I want to invite you to join the brand new free members area, the Impact Influencer Vault, something we created just for you, our Impact Influencer Tribe. If you want to increase your impact and income by monetizing your mission, then this is the place to be. So make sure to go right now to theimpactvault.com. That's the word the impactvault.com where you can get started. And once you join and get inside, you're going to find a multitude of free tools, resources, trainings, videos, inspiration from my guests and also from myself. They're going to help you on this journey to becoming an impact entrepreneur. Now, once again, this is 100% free. It's always going to be 100% free and we update it regularly. So go right now to theimpactvault.com. That's T-H-E-I-M-P-A-C-T-V-A-U-L-T.com, theimpactvault.com, and I'm going to see you on the inside.